This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 477, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, May 10th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is episode 477. It's our Comic Reviews episode for the week of Wednesday, May 10th. Uh, Every week, I try to take a look at some of the selected releases from the uh, previous Wednesday. Uh, We're recording this on... I guess the 18th of May, so uh, new comics have already come out, so before we actually can fully enjoy and appreciate the May 17th releases, let's first go back to May 10th. Um, This episode's going up on, I guess, the Friday, Um, so actually I had a chance to read a fair bit of comics because it's late enough in the week. Um, My actual comic shop's closed, I've had to find alternate methods, um, primarily kind of looking at digital and leaning on people I know, but I was able to get some comics uh, in my hands enough to reread, and uh, I can give you some quick bullet points. Uh, this is going to be a short episode, I don't have much time, uh, but I did want to be able to talk about a few of the comics that came out. Uh, first off, we have Action Comics uh, 979. Uh, this is part of the uh, Revenge storyline. Um, that uh, that they're putting together a new kind of Superman Revenge squad. Um, interesting. Um, it's written by Dan Jurgens, written by Patrick Zerker, um, or sorry, Patch Zerker, as he's known in this issue. Uh, I like his art. I like uh, that they. It's interesting though. We they just trapped Mongol in the first um, uh, storyline in Trinity, and now already we have him back and uh, on the loose. Um, and Eradicator, who was just taken care of, you know, less than a year ago, is back as well. Uh, same thing with Blanc, but I guess the idea is, you know, bringing all these recently used uh, Superman villains together, and uh, they're working with Hank Henshaw, who wants to become what he used to be. Um, very much feels like they're kind of they're resetting the the stage back to what people kind of recognize, um, away from the new Fifty Two versions of these characters. Um, what I did think was kind of nice and a nice little nod to their history as characters, um, although. With everything that Mongol's done, it's hard to see this happening anymore. Um, but having Mongol uh, bowing at the feet of uh, Cyborg Superman and pledging his fealty and kissing his hand, uh, just like um, the big reveal back during Reign of Superman that we found out that Mongol and uh, Cyborg Superman were actually in cahoots, uh, I like the um, uh, the callback to that. I thought this was a, a strong issue. Um, to setting up the new status quo again, pushing the ongoing storyline forward. The serial elements are in play, which I like, um, as we kind of see that you know they're they're going to be moving to Metropolis and they're away from the farm, which I'm going to miss. But um, we kind of see where they go from there. And then also we have the you know creation of the Superman Revenge Squad and Superman knowing that something is amiss and he needs to kind of get on top of it and figure out what to do. Uh, eight out of ten. I thought this was a really strong read. Uh, next up is All New Wolverine. This is issue number, trying to remember, issue number 20. Uh, it's written by Tom Taylor, artwork by Leonard Kirk. Um, I thought this was pretty strong for the most part. Uh, I'm going to give it a six and a half. I thought this sto- the story was pretty strong. You have this, you know, this um, this alien girl's dying. She's looking for X-23. Um, and everyone's kind of, they're in lockdown on Roosevelt, I think it's Roosevelt Island. Um and, uh, you know, we have Monica Rappuccini uh, is there as well, and her kind of renegade AIM sect. Uh, she's also dying of this virus. We find out that X-23 um, can actually, uh, you know, kind of use touch to heal people, uh, in this case, because of what the virus is attracted to her abilities, and then her abilities basically kill them and destroys the virus. Um, what makes this work partially is Gabby. Gabby's hilarious. Um 
fact that her line at the end where she's like, you, you worked out how to punch a virus in the face. My sister is the freaking Messiah. Very funny. I like the story. I like the writing. I did not think that this was Leonard Kirk's best art. There are certain sequences here where it's not like... There's there's one moment when X-23... Not X-23, sorry, Wolverine. That's really not fair of me. When Wolverine is cutting into Monica. And I was like, well, that... It, it, she's using her claw. Like, she extends her claw, and she's using it. And yet, it looks super long. Like, some of the sequences just don't really make a lot of sense. Uh, at times, um, the art on... Uh, Laura just doesn't look right either like it doesn't even look like her facial structure like some of the sequences the artwork just isn't there other elements are great like the um, the runaway ambulance uh, and then the motorcycle chase after them I thought was actually really well done um, but I thought there was just some inconsistencies which definitely kind of detracted from some of my enjoyment in the issue so I am going to give it just a six and a half but still good um, tight story great story by Tom Taylor I just thought the artwork wasn't quite up to Linda Kirk's best um uh, and usually his artworks are pretty on point, so I was a little surprised by having certain moments like that in there. Uh, next up is All Star Batman number ten. Um, this is I don't remember. I've, I've read a lot, so now I actually forget what this is. Uh, oh yes, uh, so this is the first Ally Part One by Scott Snyder uh, on script with uh, Raphael Albuquerque on pencils, inks, cover, and variant cover. That's a lot of different hats to wear. Um, I thought this was kind of fun. Um, you know, Alfred basically casting himself in the role of father. Um, you know, the way he looks out after Bruce worries about him. We get these flashbacks, uh, which you kind of get the sense that it's not what we think it is, and it isn't. Um, I thought it was intriguing. I've, it's kind of interesting to see Batman taking more risks than maybe we're used to. Uh, definitely is still arrogant in his own way and have a, has a lot of bravado, but almost a little bit more... Um, cocksure than normal. Maybe it's just because we see him out of the mask. And we're so used to Batman kind of being in his element, and him as Bruce almost seems strange. Um, but I thought this was pretty strong. I haven't been a huge fan of All-Star Batman overall, um, but I thought this was a, an engaging story, and I'm excited to see um, the perspective it takes on a relationship between Alfred and Bruce, because uh, they do have a father-son dynamic. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8. Next up is Amazing Spider-Man 27. Um, I dug this. Um, it's the Osborne Identity Part 3, A Private War by Dan Slott and Stuart Eminen. Um, the whole kind of facial reconstruction of Norman, I didn't find that interesting. And the, um, the Countess reminded me so much of, uh, what is it, Allegra de Fontaine or the classic Nick Fury character, but it wasn't her, and I found that distracting. I did love Eminen's take on Silver Sable. Uh, probably the best-looking Silver Sable we've seen in a while. Um... The sequences with S.H.I.E.L.D. I was not as big a fan of, although I did like uh, Nick Fury realizing that Mockingbird is kind of uh, resigned, although that doesn't really jive with her either. Like That feels like a big move for the character that I don't think is going to be respected or reflected anywhere else, which kind of makes this feel very insular, like it doesn't really have the same stakes it should. Um, that being said, like the, the kind of cool battle between the spider forces, for lack of a better word, and the Osborne forces was interesting. I thought there might be more international consequences than we're actually seeing, which is a little unfortunate because they definitely kind of made it look like that's what we were going, and we didn't really get to see that here. Um, but overall, I mean, it, the artwork is solid. Slot's telling a fast-paced, engaging story. Not everything works. Um, the Aunt May and uh, Harry Osborne or Harry Lyman parts, I thought, were a little weak, but overall, I'm still going to give it an 8. It's it definitely feels like the book has received a shot on the arm uh, that really has made it more exciting. Uh, next up is Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows number 7. 
Uh, this is by Jerry Conway and artwork by Ryan Stegman. Colorist is Jesus Abertov. Um, I thought this entire storyline was just a lot of fun. It's kind of a nice... You get a team-up uh, between Spider-Man and Wolverine, uh, but then you also have Spinnerette and... Um, oh my god, I already forget her name. Um, the daughter. <laughs> it's so bad when she's like a main character, and I honestly can't remember her name. Um, and you got this character, Shine... Um, who's the, I guess, Kate, Jean and Logan's daughter. Kind of a weird continuity they have going on, but it's kind of interesting. Um, overall, though, a fun, interesting, engaging story. Uh, interesting team-up with the X-Men. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, interested to see where they're going to go next with, um, you know, the Venom symbiote, but uh, I'm in. I remain really invested in this book um, because Jerry Conway makes me care. Uh, he makes the daughter interesting, even though I may not remember her name. She's still an interesting character to read about, and I like the adventures that they're getting into as a family, and I thought the the whole crossover with X-Men was actually quite inspired. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, next up is Avengers number 7. This is, uh, well, it's got the cover. From this day forth, Avengers, you work for the infamous Iron Man. Uh, it's by Mark Wade and Jeremy Whitley, or is it Whitley? Whitley, I think. Uh, artwork by Phil Noto. Um, and then color artist is uh, Mike Del Mundo with Marco D'Alfonso which I thought was interesting because um, it definitely had a Mike Del Mundo feel and it makes sense because he did the colors it's not the typical colors you would expect in Phil Noto's artwork um, I thought at times the colors appeared washed out um, they didn't feel vibrant uh, and I thought that was a bit of a problem the storyline is actually quite interesting um, I like how you know you have the Avengers team uh, kind of working for Doom um, and the Wasp and Doom have a really interesting uh, interaction. Uh, I thought, you know, the story was strong. An interesting way to kind of use a, a character who's, you know, not... I feel like no one really cares that Doom is doing what he's doing, but at least they make good use of the character. I just thought the artwork didn't really feel like it did enough to tell the story. And I don't even think it's Phil Noto's fault. I think it's the colors. I think the colors just were very... Uh, very different for what they could have been, I thought they washed out. I thought they weren't uh, vibrant, and I thought that there was a... Now, to be fair, I just talked about, you know, Amazing Spider-Man and Renew Your Vows, books that have extremely vibrant color palettes. Like, they just pop off the page. Especially um, Amazing Spider-Man. Actually, I don't even think I mentioned who did the colors there uh, over um, Stuart Eminem. It was uh, Marte Gracia. Gracia? Um... And, uh, I mean, the colors there are just, they absolutely shimmer and pop right off the page. And then you have a book like uh, like Avengers, where the colors were extremely static, uh, very pale, and wasn't nearly as, as vibrant as you would expect in a book like that. Um, I'm going to give it a six? Six and a half. I feel like I'm maybe too hard in the art, but it didn't sell me. And I think, but again, I feel bad because uh, I think it was the colors. I don't even think it was Phil Noto. I liked his art. I just thought at times the details even felt washed out. Like there could have been more there, and it just felt like it washed away details. And that's a problem. Uh, next up is Old Man Logan, number 23. I'll be ready for this to end just because it feels like it's just taken too long. Um, it's Old Man Logan Past Lives Part 3 of 4 by Jeff Lemire and Eric Wynn um, the storyline is f like fine it's serviceable but realistically it's a storyline that could have been done in one issue with various different um, flashbacks because that's really all this is you're getting a series of flashbacks um, with Logan kind of going through time and then finally ending up in his own body and realizing, you know, being back with his family and deciding you know what 
I don't care about returning to where I was. I just want to be with my family now that I have this option that I never thought I'd have. It's intriguing. It just, uh, narratively, there's no progression. It feels like there's very little progression. Again, this is a, a four-part storyline that could have been one issue. Um, and that's problematic to me. I, and I don't necessarily think it gives you a lot of new insights into Wolverine as a character either. Um, he makes an interesting decision at the end, and I kind of like seeing that. But otherwise, I just don't think uh, it earned being the last three issues. I feel like each issue, did, it gave you a, you know, a snapshot. In one instance, I don't think of one that made sense with Logan should not have been alive during 1812, and that really bothered me that there was no editorial oversight to make sure that didn't happen. It just this seems impossible based on where he's supposed to live, um, where he's supposed to grow up. Like it just that didn't fit. Um, but it didn't add anything either. So the issue, you know the art's fine, the story's fine. It just it just it's not going anywhere, and it feels like we're just slowly setting up this new status quo shit that we're gonna get. But we're doing it in the most painful way possible. So I'm gonna give it a six. Uh, next up is Superwoman number 10. I don't really know what this even was. Um, I feel like... So, it's Rediscovery by Kay Perkins and artwork by Steven Segovia. I really like the art. Segovia's great on art. Uh, I felt like it jumped around a lot in terms of time frame, when it was occurring, what was going on, what was real. Um, and because they're trying to kind of fix continuity issues and... Uh, that's kind of why, you know, Superwoman is what... I super, think Superwoman has been the unfortunate casualty of Superman Reborn. Um, and I don't know where they're going with the character. This issue didn't give me enough of a clear sense of what it was going to be. Um, I wasn't super interested in the story, and I thought some of the time jumps um, and the perspective shifts were a little much because I, I felt like I was starting to get lost. Um, I love Deathstroke by Christopher Priest. But I think that's kind of the thing that sometimes happens in that book as well, is that there's, you know, narrative jumps, and I'm like, well, what, what's happening again? Or, or I forget, like, it, it starts to lose me, and I started to feel that way here. Um, I like the art, I just thought the, the story was a little bit meandering, I'm going to give it a six and a half. Uh, next up, we have, let's see, what was after Superwoman, I'm trying to remember what was on my list here. Uh, we've got Uncanny Avengers, number 23. Uh, this is by Jerry Dugan. And it's uh, Pepe the Rise on art. And it's, it's, you know, it's called Coda, and it's basically ending their story and beginning the new arc will start the next issue. Um, so it was a nice way to kind of end everything off. It was very kind of bittersweet, but all the characters kind of get to have their moment. Um, Simon Williams is just kind of back, and it's not nearly as um, kind of dangerous as we thought it might be, or uh, it didn't lead to a fight or anything. He's just back. Um, it's kind of a, a, a quiet way to bring the character back, or characters back, I should say. Um, and I dug it. And I, I like the Cable sequences. I thought were really cool. Um, seeing what was what goes on in Cable's mind was a, an interesting concept. And uh, interesting to see where we're going to see... Obviously, he has a book coming up soon by Robinson, so excited to see where we go from there. Um, I dug this. You know, it was a nice way of wrapping up the book. Some of the things ended a little pat or a little extra emotional than you would have expected, but um, it, you know it was a fun little experiment, uh, and I'm excited to see what happens to this kind of team during Secret Empire. Uh, I'm going to give the issue an eight. I thought it was a solid send off, a uh, solid ending by Jerry Dugan. It feels like he kind of got to tell the story he wanted to tell, and um, you know his long running plot threads did get you know kind of uh, nicely wrapped up. So I appreciate that. And last but definitely not least, we have X-Men Blue, uh, number three. I'm really digging X-Men Blue. 
Uh, I actually do like X-Men Gold, but I think Blue has been better. Uh, it's written by Colin Bunn with artwork by Jorge Molina and Ray Anthony Haidt. Uh, artwork by Matt Miller. Oh, sorry, colorist is Matt Miller. And this was a really interesting book because you have, you know, these, these Sentinels show up that are like, you know, we don't want to hurt mutants, we want to protect mutants. Uh, we see Ma- um, Master Mold slash Bastion, which I thought was a, uh, it's always nice to see the character show up. And I like the way that the go here is basically that, um, in order to, you know, kind of be able to achieve his goal, he has to help mutants so that he can destroy them. Um, kind of an, an interesting concept. Uh, I like that the character basically then just kind of takes off. I'm excited to see where we get to see more with that character in the future. Um, this was good. And I also like, you know, again, pushing the dri- the, the driver here that uh, Jean Grey is the leader now. And her adapting to that and, you know, and, and Cyclops kind of taking a backseat. And same thing for um, uh, Beast, because he was kind of the leader in the last iteration. So it's kind of interesting to see them back up. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. I thought it was a really strong read. Uh, I really enjoyed seeing the characters like this. And I'm excited to uh, see what's coming up next. So there was a lot of books I did not get a chance to read that did come out on May uh, 10th. They include Secret Warriors, number one, new issue of Silver Surfer, Star Wars, The Screaming Citadel, uh, Citadel, I should say, uh, Suicide Squad, Supergirl, Titans, uh, Weapon X, Wonder Woman, Zombies Assemble, uh, Hal Jordan, The Green Lantern Corps, Kingpin, Miss Marvel, Black Panther and the Crew, Bug, The Adventures of Forager, Deadpool, uh, America, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, and, and a bunch of others. Um, looking quickly at next week, uh, or really two days ago, or one day ago as I record this, um, some of the selected releases coming up on May 17th uh, include um, Secret Empire number 2, uh, Aquaman 23, Batman 23, Batwoman 20, sorry, number 3, I should say, Daredevil 20, Generation X number 1, I'm excited to read that, Invincible Iron Man 7, new issues of Justice League and Justice League Power Rangers, uh, the launch of Luke Cage, a new issue of Mighty Thor, uh, the second issue of Nick Fury, new issues of Nightwing, Poe Dameron, Royals, Star Wars, Super Sons, Superman, uh, The Flash, which is the second part of the button, uh, sorry, the fourth part of the button, the Odyssey of the Amazons, The Punisher, The Ultimates, The Wild Storm, Trinity, U.S. Avengers, and X-Men Gold. That is a ton of books. Um, anyways, you can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. You can like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and you can also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again for listening to this reviews episode, and uh, the next episode will be up in a, maybe a day, maybe two days. It's uh, a conversation with uh, comics historian uh, Arlen Schumer. He's also like a bit of an educator about the history of comics, so uh, he's a really interesting guy. We had a great interview, and uh, that'll be going up in the next day or two for your listening pleasure. Uh, thanks again for listening to Comic Shenanigans, and we'll check you next time. Bye-bye.